Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Pretty Mike here for BeastNet. Um, today I've got both Virginia and her daughter Elliot. And um, we're going to talk to Elliot a little bit about her stuff. And then we'll talk to Virginia about her uh, nice 50 mile, you know, short 50 mile hike. So, hi Elliot, how you doing? Good. So, tell me a little bit about what you've been doing. Um, so, I, you, <laughs> so, I run for, this is what, yeah. run for, it's called run for you. Yeah. yeah. So, run for you, um, is basically, I've been doing, I just started this, uh, and how I started it is like, um, uh, my brother has autism and there's a special group called Miracle Lead, and he can play basketball, baseball, and bowling. Um, and um, there's things called buddies, and I just I wanted to be a buddy and help other people that have special needs. So my mom let me be his uh, buddy, and then I found this girl named Julia, and. I, she was really nice and she was really sweet, so I decided to stick with me for a couple um, of And then I decided, since she can't run, I decided to run for her and give her the medals because uh, since she couldn't run, it's really upsetting. Yeah. So. So I know the first time you ran for her was in Seattle, correct? The Seattle uh, races in April? Yeah, I did the first you did the trifecta, and you gave her all three medals? Yeah. That's awesome. So, have, is that the only one you've done, or have you done more than that? <laughs> I've done more than that. <laughs> Are you, he's talking about, have you given any more medals to Julia or yeah. other kids? Um, no. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. So, you... <laughs> Are you setting anything up to be able to, like, do more of this? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do more. And so, I'm going to interject. Some of this is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, she brought me this idea, and we set the Facebook page up for it, and then between April and, let's say, September, um, I will admit that things got a little bit busy. Oh, yeah, that happens. So, we are looking to start this up here probably, what, next couple of months? Yeah. Like, when we get started? Yeah. And I I think that's awesome. I think it's, it's amazing. I mean, how old are you, Elliot? Eight. Almost nine in a month. In a month, you'll be nine. So, yeah. as an eight-year-old, you decided you wanted to run for this little girl. Yes. That is amazing to me. That 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 shows me that there's still hope for this this, this world because you know there's some good kids still out there. So. And part of this came up because we were talking about her friend Julia one day and how we honestly this kind of plays into our pitch for special Spartans. Yeah. We haven't been able to get them here. And, you know, there's the I run for, where adults run for kids or adults with disabilities. Yeah. And I was going to call one day talking about this. And she just asked out of the blue, can I run for Julia? And I'm like, well, why not? Um, and I remember we talked about it at bowling. Um, Elliot actually went to Julia's mom and talked to her. And Julia's mom has run a Spartan. So she kind of understood it a little bit. Yeah. Um, what was 
was her mom's reaction when you told her that you were going to give her medals? She was very, very, very shocked. Shocked. I bet. And I think one of the things, too, with Elliot and Julia, um, they're the same age, same grade. Um, yeah. And they just hit it off. Yeah, well, I, think, I think that's awesome. I mean, like I said, I mean, for a kid, an eight-year-old to come up with that, I mean... There, there's adults out there that can't understand that concept. So, I mean, for an eight-year-old to understand that concept of doing that and just helping somebody else, is, like I said, it's amazing. So, I'm very proud of you, Elliot. And for any beast or anybody who else who is interested in um, kind of helping out with some of these kids and some of the different sports, uh, please reach out to me. These kids are honestly a lot of fun. Julia is just one of the many that we interact with, um, but there are kids with autism, Down, cerebral palsy, you name it. Um, there's about half a dozen kids with dwarfism who play baseball. Oh, that's awesome. Who are just the most amazing people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is, this is our pit. This is the reason we want Special Spartans here. And, and, I mean, we need it. I don't understand why Special Spartans won't come here, but... I think Adam and I and a few others keep making our pitch for it. Yeah. One day we're going to do it, and we're going to lose our minds when they do. Yeah, and it's going to be amazing. Cause, I mean, there's so many, so many amazing kids around here that deserve something like that and need something like that. You know, maybe it's one of those things. Maybe we talk to Adam and, you know, we figure out a beast way to just do it ourselves. But um, What do you think, Elliot? Should we talk to Adam? Yes! Um, and there's also the possibility of working with the Miracle you of Monroe mm-hmm. um, and actually setting something up like this. Yeah. We're using some facilities out there. So, yeah. you know, right now bouncing off the walls, getting ideas <laughs> on what should <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, and I'm sure, and I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, the more I think about it, there's other options, too. I mean, you know, not sound bad, but if Spartan won't do it, maybe Terrain will. Maybe one of the other race, you know, brands. I mean, there's other race brands, and I mean, we've got a pretty good in with Terrain and some of the other ones. Maybe it's like, okay, you don't want to bring special Spartans here? We'll talk to someone who might want to come here. Well, I mean, even Warrior Dash. Yeah, I mean, Warrior Dash is this weekend, I know, you know... Yeah, Terrain did race up in Monroe at the Speedway, and I mean, it would be easy to set up something like that for for the special, you know, you know, special terrain, special monkeys. So, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Special monkey terrain. Yeah, we'd have to. I'll have to talk to. I'll talk to JP about that and see if maybe there's something we can work out. Because I mean, that just sounds like an amazing thing. I mean, always get me involved because um, you know. So Elliot, why? So you said your brother has autism. Yes. <laughs> is he is he normal for the most part? No, no, no. <laughs> but you have a lot of fun with him, right? Yes. Oh yeah. And I think I, I think as from a parent perspective, um, we don't necessarily force this. We kind of talk about it at home, and we of course live it. Yeah. Uh, but Elliot actually asked to be a buddy about two years ago, and technically you have to be sixteen. So, um, because of her situation, the volunteers allowed her to be a buddy in training. Yeah. And essentially now when we go to bowling and baseball, she runs the show and the adults are honestly there for the physical support. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yes. Which I is awesome. <laughs> I get to be the boss. <laughs> I could see that. I could see Elliot being the boss. What kind of things do you help, uh, Julia with and stuff like that when we're playing? Um, we just help her... Like, since she can't run in baseball, 
we help her walk and we help her play a lot. So, and then, like, when we help her, like, stand up and, like, roll the ball. And we actually got to uh, teach her not to use the um, little... The ramp. Yeah, the ramp. One time. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's awesome. And, I mean, honestly, watching the bond between the two of them the past two years, um, if, if one of them is not there... It's, you know, they miss each other. They they want to be around each other now. Um, we missed one bowling week because Elliot had a gymnastics meet, and apparently Julia was not very happy with this. <laughs> but, <laughs> so hopefully, I mean, if anybody is out there who wants to talk more about this and help um, get this off the ground, Elliot, would you be willing to talk to somebody because apparently your mom is a little bit too busy sometimes? <laughs> yes. Um, and I will say this, this is her show. She's the brains behind this. I'm merely the computer monkey. Yeah. <laughs> so, what yeah. needs to be on the run for you, or the I run for page that we have set up is hers. Um, so when you're on Warrior Dash, is it when you're on Warrior Dash in two weeks? But Elliot's running Warrior Dash. Nice. In two weeks. I'm really, really excited. Um, yeah, that's a good one. But I might give her the medal. You might give Julia the medal? Yes. Once I see her again. And I think ideally this will end up being set up very similar to I Run For, where mm-hmm. more people can get involved and actually, you know, in a lot of cases, like out in Snohomish and the YMCA in Monroe and meet some of these kids and help out and play and just see that they are all honestly normal kids. Yeah, they are. And I mean, that's that's one of the things that, you know, I've always, I've always strongly believed they're normal kids. They're all normal kids, and special needs, or however you want to say it, doesn't make them any different than being a normal kid. It just means they need help with certain things that others don't. Just yeah. like any kid who has, no matter what the kid is, every kid has a problem in some area. Some and of them are all, just, what's that? They're all just, they're all just kids. Yeah. And sometimes those problems are a little bit more for some than others. So, I mean, it's, yeah, they're all kids. They're all out there to have fun. They want to have fun, and I think it would be amazing if we could find a way to talk to one of the races or find a way for Beast or somebody to put something together so that these kids could have a fun weekend. You know, just so a fun I'm, race. Do you want to be involved in this? I'm getting the really, really look of why in the world, Mom, are you asking me such a dumb question? Yep. <laughs> and I've known Elliot long enough to know that look. I've seen it. I've seen that look from Elliot. Yeah, unfortunately, anybody who's been around... My family at a race has seen one of my kids give me that look. You mean you mean you, me, you or me, or some you and all and your dad and your sister and your brother. You're gonna be that look. Sister and brother don't. What dad and me does. You gotta get called out by my eight year old. Yep. Yep. You are. Oh. So definitely, we're gonna have to. Look at a few things and see if there's a way we can help Elliot do this. So if there's any listeners that have any ideas, please contact me or, or Elliot or Virginia. And let's see what we can do to help these kids out. Um, and I can post a link to the uh, Run For page. Um, I created the Facebook page. And then, like I said earlier, I dropped the ball. Um, just got busy. Yeah. And the idea is to get this started up here soon and have some fun. Encourage kids. And was this meant for kids or adults? Or everybody? Everybody. There you go. Everybody. 
everybody to start running and doing some of these races for other kids. Yeah. And like I said, I think we I think we need to do that and then also like I said, look for, you know, maybe see if we can find one of these companies that wants to do one uh, for like the special Spartans that does something in that that kind of same idea of getting those the kids that need a little bit of help out there to do stuff. Uh-huh. So and make them their own obstacle course or whatever. But take them on the kids' obstacle course and let them have a fun, have fun. So. Right, and I mean, all it really requires is a company willing to do it and a team that can get volunteers there. And I know when I've asked in the past, anybody from BSOCR would potentially look at this. Um, I had more volunteers than I could count. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure if we could get one of the race race companies to agree to it. I mean, I know we've tried and tried to get special Spartans to come out and do it. But, like I said, if they're not willing to do it, I guess it's time to talk to somebody else. So, and see who else might be willing to put together something and, you know, make a, make a special race for these kids. So, I mean, these kids deserve a race as much as we do. So. And the, I mean, and the empowerment that we get out of finishing a race, um, they get it just as much. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody was in Portland when um, there was a little boy who actually did it in a wheelchair. And they had him, they were pushing him through the kid's course. Um, and when he finished, I almost cried. Yeah. I tried to get pictures for Elliot because the first thing when I came home from Portland was had to tell Elliot that he would never believe what I saw and how it's completely possible to do it. It is. And, I mean, it just takes, like you said, it takes that team and that group effort of, hey, we're going to help these kids and do this. And, I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, kids are kids. doesn't matter, you know doesn't matter anything except for the fact that they're kids so and they want to do this and they want to have fun so we definitely need to to figure out a way to make this happen Ellie, is there anything you want to say to mike or any of the, any of the listeners to the podcast yeah no <laughs> <laughs> all right all right thank you elliot all right i guess i get to kick her to bed so all right, all right. good night elliot Bye. all right and while, while you kick her to bed i'm gonna we're gonna take a quick break so that we can have our commercial Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you. Because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com. For the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, we're back from commercial. You, you kick her off to bed? Yeah, she's um, kind of going upstairs right now. <laughs> Not wanting to do this, but, yeah, fourth leader. She's got gym tomorrow. Yeah, she's going to bed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my leisurely 50-mile rock, huh? Yeah, you're, you're 50-mile, you know, little 50-mile rock, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, for, you kind, of, kind of, like, let the listeners, I mean, the listeners of this is the second time you've been on the podcast, correct? Right, this is the second time. Yeah, so the first time she was on the podcast, we talked about all of her other adventures of doing Montana in a boot and crutches. Um, we talked about autism, though. We talked yeah, about... we talked about autism and, you know, all that and how you you found out that you fall under the autism spectrum and everything else. And so this time you did the crazy thing and did a 50-mile ruck. So, it, 
if you don't mind, we're kind of with us. This all started um, because of freaking Kimberly, British Columbia. Oh, I heard that was a joyous one. If anyone wants more about Kimberly, listens to the one with Patrick. He he really liked Kimberly. Not. Yeah. So luckily, I got down. Um, I listened to that episode because I think I was partially like reliving nightmares. Yeah. But I finished the Beast. I think in about six hours that day. I That's think, good. Yeah. No, it was more than that. I'm sorry. It was definitely more than that because it was basically I tripled my sprint time, so it was nine hours. Um, but we got we got back down to the finish line to see Patrick finish. Yeah. Um, but Kimberly holds a special place of bad feelings to me after doing three races in three days on that mountain. And originally, I had planned on attempting my first ultra in Colorado about a month later. And after Kimberly, I said I'm not ready to see another mountain for a very long time. Yeah. And so I deferred my ultra. And then it was maybe a week after we just did Portland. I did the sprint in the hurricane heat, and I felt amazing. Um, I don't. I know I saw you after the sprint, and mm-hmm. I was going to get ready for the hurricane heat. But I mean, I had my I PR'd my sprint time, and I'm like, this is awesome. Um, you know, training's paying off. The training yeah. that I've been doing in endurance sports is finally paying off. And I think that was the weekend of Seafair and. Uh, few people on facebook who were talking about getting ready for the star course the 50 miler and like well i'm supposed to be doing an ultra and i'm not so let's see i wonder what would happen if i attempted this yeah so which um, is how most of the stories it seems when i talk to the beasts and you and me and everyone else it's like hey wonder what happened if i did this yeah um <laughs> essentially it was I saw some people posting about it. Um, I will say that I mentioned this to my husband, and his first response was, please don't do it. And we know um, how well you listen to your husband. <laughs> and we don't know pretty much anyone. Let's just be honest there. Yeah. Um, he said, don't do it. And I said, well, let me see if I can even find a team to be on. And, of course, I found the team within, like, two hours. So I signed um, And when I say I signed up, I didn't sign up like a month in advance. I signed up on Wednesday and the event was on Friday. Yeah. So, once again, bricks for brains because that was not my smartest idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly. But if think about this. In all reality, how many, how many really good stories start off with, well, I've been planning this for six months. True. They, they really um, don't. It's that spontaneous like, I'm going to do this. You know, when you're talking to Ted and his PT, when you've actually been recovering, yes, yeah. playing sequences is a really good idea. Um, this was, you know, this is a horrible idea. Of course I'm in. Yeah. Type event. Which um, we, we say way too many times. We joke around on Facebook all the time when someone will say, hey, let's do this. And we're like, that's a horrible idea. Where do I sign up? But in all yeah. reality, that's exactly what we're saying. This is a horrible idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. And, yeah, it's just kind of the way we are. Well, and the last time, I think, too, last time I did this was when Nick posted, hey, there's a 20-mile trail run coming up this weekend. Anybody want to do it? And yeah. I said, yeah. And so Nick and I went and ran 20 miles on the trails. 
and it about killed both of us, but we were, we finished it, and we were thrilled, and, you know, we're going to go do that Lord Hill 20 gig or whatever it was again next year. Yeah. Now we can say, okay, I've done it. It can't be any worse this time. <laughs> yeah, okay. You Have you ever been to Montana? That's <laughs> <laughs> what we kidding? say every year. Okay, we've done it. Can't be any worse this time. Yeah, okay. That was wrong. <laughs> Matt, why do you bring that up? Man, that is totally Montana to you. I love Steve Hammond, though. I will oh, I say do this. Too. Ben Kimberly, British Columbia, will suddenly love Steve Hammond. Yep, and I, I've told, I get that, and I talked to Steve, and I told him pretty much, I think every course I did this year was a Hammond course. My double trifecta was all on Hammond. Uh, consider yourself very, very lucky and you did a great job of planning that yeah so, the only ones that were not supposed to be hammond was hawaii and we all know how that went yeah still can't believe that but yeah yeah um so the star course um this this event i had seen it kind of posted and i looked into it and basically the way that so go rock this is actually done through go rock and not spartan and if anybody's not familiar with go rock um I know there have been some posts in the group about it, but it's essentially, it's a rucking event. Yeah. Um, these events are in a way similar to a hurricane heat. The first one, the light will be four to six hours, but you're not really running. You're doing, you know, you're hiking with weight. Yeah. Um, and so earlier this year I did a tough and light back to back, which means I did a 12 hour go ruck tough for me. That meant a 20 pound plate plus gear. And then four hours later, I did the light, which was a 10-pound plate plus gear. And so going into the Star Horse, I'm like, well, I've had some experience. Um, yeah, it's doable. It's doable. It's it's a, it's a stretch, but it's doable. Yeah. Um, and the Star Horse is it's 50 miles. And it honestly came out of um, a challenge by Teddy Roosevelt and JFK at one point saying... You know, Americans were getting too soft, and they had challenged the military and then anyone who wanted to, to basically walk 50 miles in 20 hours. Yeah. And so that's the whole premise of this challenge. Um, so, you know, as, as I said, four eight hours prior, basically, I find a team. Um, I took off that Friday, slept as much as I could, and we started at Gasworks Park. We got there about 7.30, and you know, we kicked off at 9 p.m., so, you know, they're going to kick you off in the dead of night. Yeah. And mess with your head. Um, and essentially, when you get there, you don't really know where you're going. Uh, the team captains are called over to the people that are leading the event called Cadre. They're giving, um, they're given a hit list. I'm actually still sitting here with ours and going, holy crap. Um, basically, you have to have an Instagram account. And at each one of the checkpoints, you check in, you do a selfie. Um, you tag the GoRuck Star Course and you hashtag it to a certain thing and then you move on. And the idea is that you hit all the checkpoints in whatever order you choose and you hit 50 miles and you do it within 20 hours. Yeah. So it was it was really interesting. I mean, we had everything from the Bruce Lee gravesite um, to Aubrey Davis Park on Mercer Island. Can I almost want to do this because I've always wanted that stuff I've always wanted to go to. Yeah, um, we had Gasworks Park, the Gum Wall, Seattle Public Theater, uh, Rent History Museum, things like that. They're all on this hit list that we were given. Renton has a history museum? <laughs> yeah, they do. I lived there for 15 years, didn't even know that. Uh, yeah, Renton History Museum. Huh. 
that that and that history museum now actually holds a very special. Is that where the little? Because I saw you do your thing. Is that where the little coal the coal cart is down by the uh, library? I, yes. Okay. Is that what That's, that is? Yes, and that was actually the place where I mentally, um, thanks to Ron and his wife, um, mentally even got back. Um, yeah. Okay, I know I talked to you a few times in the yeah. morning and was checking up on you and making sure you were okay. And you were, I could tell that you were, you were having issues. You were mentally, you were having some, some roadblocks, but I know you well enough to know that you, you, if anyone can bust through a mental roadblock, it's you. Uh, and I appreciate that. Um, so, because we had to have our phones with us to do check-ins, I had a spare battery. Yeah. Um, and essentially what happened was our team got the checkpoints. We paired up with another team um, through a wrecking group that we know called Travel Squad. And we set our course. And we could either have gone through Seattle at night, which none of us really wanted to go do downtown Seattle at night. Oh, but or why not? Yeah, <laughs> just no. There yeah. are too many things. I'm like, nope, don't care. Um, or we could make our way to UW and then across the 520 bridge to Bellevue. Yeah. And essentially that's what we chose to do. And so that started out pretty good. Um, we hit UW, we hit the Bellevue Fountain. And then from the Bellevue Fountain, uh, we had we actually went from Bellevue to the nature... A nature side, I remember that. And we started kind of slowing down, and people in our group were getting a little bit worried. Um, we actually lost people at one point and kind of had to wait. Yeah. So we moved to a slow uh, natural nature park. And then from the nature park, we headed out to Mercer Island uh, for the girl and the dog statue. Mm-hmm. And that's where my team and the other team actually split up. Um, I was with a husband and wife team who were amazing. And they were pushing a really good pace. Yeah. And um, anyone who has read anything that I posted about Go Rock Tough, one of my biggest fears is being the weakest link. Yeah. One of my biggest fears is being, you know, that small female that can't keep up or that's just not pulling their weight. Yeah. Which, I mean, in all honesty, I have that exact same fear. That's why I haven't done a hurricane heat in over two years. The last hurricane heat you did was with me. Yeah, which I think was your first, wasn't it? It was my first. It was my first Spartan event. Mm-hmm. That's the last one I ever did. Because yeah. I just, I felt like that whole night I was the weakest link. And I never wanted to feel that way again. And anybody, I knew Brian Hayes was there, and you, and I think Christina Horton, there were a few others. Yeah. That was the night that I mentally broke down on the A-frame. Yep. And I think that was the other thing, too, that happened during the hurricane heat in Portland this year is Dingo looked directly at me and said we had to get up and over that A-frame quick. And luckily, during the sprint that day, I had actually done it faster than I'd ever done in the past. And I had the confidence to finally say, yeah, you can throw this at me this time, but it's okay. Yeah. And that probably is one of the things that gave me confidence to even attempt this whole Star Wars thing. Yeah, and I mean, that's... That's the one thing about the hurricane heat, though, is, I mean, in all honesty, knowing Dingo, I would not put it past him that he threw that in there because you were there. Because he likes to push you, and he knows. He's like, I know she has issues with this, and I'm going to make her do it anyway. Well, last year, um, when I did the hurricane heat, when I shouldn't have, after surgery, he actually said that he was upset that the 
the uh, crew was taking down things too fast because he knew there was somebody in the hurricane heat that didn't like heights or A-frames, and he was going to make them do A-frame races. Yeah. And he directly at me when he said it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dingo, that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, and that, one of the reasons I love Dingo is that's what he does. He will sit there and it's like, okay, I know what you fear. I know what your issue is. You're going to face it. Because I think that same hurricane heat, was it that one? The one, the first one, one of the, I think it was that one where Dingo actually made us go under the dunk wall. Yeah. Yeah. He made us go under the dunk wall, which is my biggest problem and my biggest fear. So, yeah, I hate that. I hate the dunk wall. That's why I was so excited this time that I actually got, on the Beast, I actually got good dunk wall pictures. So, yeah, I saw that this week. I'm, I think I missed that race too, but... It was one of those things for that. I got the dunk wall pictures because of Heather Rook. Um, she knows I hate the dunk wall. So she actually went ahead and she went under the dunk wall first and she told the photographer, she's like, get some good pictures of him. He hates this thing. Nice. So when I went under, you got the first picture of me when I first came up under the wall. And my, I kind of shook my head a little bit and Jody and Lisa are right there. That's like when I first came up. The other ones where I'm actually like shaking my hair around, he told me to. He's like, shake your hair and just started taking pictures. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean like, you were talking about confidence um, and being the weakest link. I, mean, I was with these other people and I thought, okay, I, I've got to keep their pace. Yeah. Uh, but what I found out in the end was their pace was actually going to destroy us yeah. because they were going so fast. Yeah. And that's the hard part of those long races like that is trying to decide, you know, what is, what's, a, you, you want a fast pace, but you want a pace that you can maintain. Right. And you see a lot of times, way too many times where someone has a really good fast pace, but halfway, three quarters of the way through the race, they're done. They're toast. You know, yeah. so that, that's good. People are, the people I was with actually had trained for this event, too. And so they knew what they were doing. Um, and, you know, they basically messaged me later and said, man, we, we messed up. Yeah. Did they at least finish? No, they didn't, actually. Oh. So what happened was we had left the girl in the dog statue. And the son was in the process of coming up. Um, and I know that from like doing 12 hour events, when you start to see the sun, it's, it's a game changer. It makes you feel amazing. The sun started to come up and all of a sudden they pulled me aside and said, we're going to quit. And I'm like, what? You're what? You're quitting? Yeah. Okay. Um, and in this event, they did allow you to finish alone. They allowed you to finish without your initial team. Yeah. So they basically called an Uber and bugged out. Wow. Um, now, there were two guys around the same pace as we were at the time. One was actually a 24-hour HH finisher. Um, he asked me his name because I have no idea at this point. Um, <laughs> he had the patch on. Right. We would be able to talk to him. But for me, you know, when you guys started to mentally at first see me start to break down was when he and his buddy... They said they were going to stick with me, but they didn't. Yeah. So they kept getting farther ahead of me, and I couldn't keep up. So that was the first kind of hit to it. Yeah. And then it it was a little while later, um, kind of a sidetrack. I started messaging 
uh, on Facebook a group of people that we jokingly call the Suffer Siblings. And yeah. those people are myself, Ron, and Janelle. And we had a group chat kind of going on a couple of days prior. And I basically sent a message to, to those guys because I knew they would understand and said, I don't know if we can do this. I'm like, we're, I'm not even 20 miles in right now. And this is bad. I, I don't know what I'm doing. This is, yeah, bad. And of, you know, I mean, it was like five in the morning. I didn't know if anybody was going to respond. I wasn't really caring. I just kind of wanted to get it out there. Yeah. And about an hour and a half later, um, I get a message from Ron. And Ron's like, are you okay? And Ron's like trying to basically calm me down. I never stopped walking, by the way, this entire time. I never stopped. I just kept going and basically trying to talk myself either into quitting or out of quitting. Yeah. It oscillated back and forth for at least 10 miles. I've been there. Um, yeah. It, it was, I mean, you know, and I kind of said this in one of the posts about it. This was the point that the mental started to break me down. Yeah. I remember thinking, um, and this is going to sound really harsh, but I was saying how much of a piece of crap parent I was. Um, I was basically saying, you know, everybody was right. There's no way I can do this. Um, there are a lot of extremely negative and very dark things mm-hmm. that hit that morning. It was all just because I couldn't keep pace. I was tired. I was kind of done. I had actually gone about that 12-hour mark, or I was getting towards that 12-hour mark of any other event I've done. I'm like, all right, stupid. I'm done. Yeah. But luckily, um, Ron asked, where are you headed? And I told him, ironically, the Renton History Museum. And he's like... I'm really close to that. Jenny actually got out of bed early on that morning and met me. Which is awesome. Yeah, and I i don't know how many times I have thanked them or cried or for whatever you want to say um, since all that happened because they did meet me there. So I'm coming into the Renton History Museum and I see Ron and Jenny and I lose it. Yeah. I mean, I start shaking. I broke down. Um, I put too many electrolytes in my ruck. I was dehydrated. It was just a mess. And I looked at Ron and basically gave me a hug and said, I'm done. I said, I, I can't go on. I can't physically do this anymore. This is well beyond anything I can do. And through a series of talks, um, Jenny actually brought me beast bars from the week prior. <laughs> Those things will give you power. Those things, yeah. I had one at that rest stop and I think it basically did. Um I got to get that I, recipe from Jenny because, uh, yeah, those I've are amazing. Give it to me. I've tried because those things are just amazing. Yeah. Um, but Jenny and Ron, honestly, it was them that kept me in that event. That's awesome. I mean, to be point blank, and I, I don't, and you know, if Ron can kind of vouch for this, I don't think I have ever been in a worse mental headspace in my life. And you know, that's after seeing. My, you know, some of the things my son's gone through and, you know, just some interesting stuff. That was the deepest, darkest place I've ever been. Um, but eventually, there were a couple of teams that came through and did their check-in. And we knew that there was a team right behind me, probably 30 minutes or so. And after some talking, um, and there was actually, the other team had a support staff. So they were actually, like, bringing them water on the course and kind of following them. 
we were talking to them and they said, you know, why don't you just wait for what was known as um, Team Old Dog, I think. And I decided, yeah, I think that's probably the best thing because these guys are experienced in Go Rock. Um, I did the tough and light with them. I knew them. It's mentally going to be the best thing for me. Yeah. So hung out late around. Um, once I think Jenny and Ron knew I was okay, They, I told them, you know, thank you a thousand times. And they headed back home. And it was kind of at that point, I mean, that was 25 miles in. And that was, you know, that was about your halfway point. So yeah. we went, from, to give you an idea, we went from Gasworks Park down past the VMAT, past the Boeing facility in Renton. Yeah. That was our first half. And, mm. yeah. <laughs> so I met up with those guys. They took a break. Um, and then the next thing is we started basically going back up. And from Renton, our next stop was the Air and Space Museum in Seattle. And so we made pretty good pace. I mean, we kind of kept each other going. But the entire time, we had three guys ahead of me, and I was typically kind of, you know, 200 yards back. I was always behind. And after a while, once again, the mental games got going again. And I felt like my calf was going to pull. I can't tell you the level of, like, just exhaustion that starts to hit and you're seriously sitting there thinking like what am I going to do and I didn't dare say quit to those guys because I knew that they weren't going to let me quit um, but at one point I did apologize I yeah. looked at them and said I'm holding you back and I said honestly if you need to move on then you move on you don't wait on me because I don't want to be the one that doesn't let you patch in 20 hours because of me yeah um I was pretty quickly told that's not happening. Get your butt up here. And, you know, we kept going. We made the Museum of Flight. From there, we went to the gum wall. And between the Museum of Flight and the gum wall, we got an email from HQ saying, you've now been given an extra hour. You have until 6 p.m. to hit all your checkpoints and get back. And that was like instant motivation. Yeah. I mean, we needed that. We needed that understanding that, you know, we were well behind pace. And we were going to have extra time. Then about probably an hour later, we were still going, still going. And then we got this email saying, change of plan. You now have until 6 o'clock to hit your 50 miles. You no longer have to hit every checkpoint, but you must hit 50 miles and then get back to Gaswork Park. Yeah. For um, what's called index for the patching. Um, and that, I mean, that was like instant for us. That was, we started plotting our route, you know, where, where do we have to hit? What exactly do we have to do to hit 50 miles on the GPS and get back to Gasworks and everything? And we were on our way back, and the entire time I felt like my left calf was going to pull. Yeah. I had once again messaged Ron saying, I think I'm going to have to drop because of injury. And, of course, Ron is on, Ron's like trying to diagnose me through, messages going are you sure you know what's it feel like and i'm getting this constant messages from ron going all right ron i get the hint i'm not dropping out (laughs) Uh, because you know he made me rethink this he made me think when my mind is completely in the gutter and i can't think about anything else he's making me diagnose the problem yeah and that's one of the things i think people who've never done these races or anything like that. I mean, I haven't done a go ruck yet. But just the Montana, the year that, you know, 
my 13 and a half hours and your 12 something hours. Yeah. Your brain, you hit a point where your head is telling you, you can't do this. Oh, yeah. And every ounce of your body is telling you, you can't do this. And I mean, I don't know if I've said it enough that that year, the people that I had with me in that 13 and a half hours, I don't think if the four of us weren't together, I don't think we would have finished. But all four of us had so much desire to finish that, that by the end of it, I was more worried about Emily and Stevie and Jody and all of them finishing than myself. Yeah. And that took away that whole thing of, I can't do this. It was more, I have to do this for them. You know, and it sounds like, you know, in your case, it was more, you didn't have those people right there with you until you got this last group. And and I will say this, one of the driving forces too, that I think in the back of my mind, um, along with Ron, that wouldn't let me give up, uh, was Elliot, who was on the podcast a little while ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I have been fairly open with her about what I do, about the fact that it's not normal and the fact that she doesn't have friends whose parents do this. Um, none of her friends' moms do this. I'm kind of the oddball. Yeah. And we openly talk about it. And we openly talk about doing things that are hard and not giving up just because they're hard and, and really going after goals. Because with her in training at a competitive level in gymnastics right now, it's important to me that she understand that her and I are both going to do things that are tough, but there's nothing saying that you can't do it. Oh, yeah. And one of those driving forces through most of the star course was, well, what is Elliot going to say about me? Yeah. What what kind of role model am I being to my daughter if I drop out? I mean, yeah, I could give you every excuse in the book at the point because I was ready to. Oh, yeah. Um, and like that year in Montana, um, you know, I wasn't with you guys, but I remember the mental thing in there was literally everyone had told me, you cannot do the Montana Beast on crutches. It's not possible. You cannot do it. And you were like, let me show you. (laughs) At some point, it became um, all the medics knew me. Um, I I basically did a lot of half burpees or like one-legged burpees type thing to get out of things. And I just just went. And I still say one of my favorite fire jump pictures ever is the one of in Montana. Brandon is holding my crutches and I'm actually jumping over the fire. And Dingo commented on it later going, oh my gosh. WTF? Yeah. Is your problem? So. Yeah, you know it's it's one of those things. Cause it's like for me. I mean, I've talked about it before on the podcast and with a lot of people. Is one of the hardest things for me was Hawaii when I was in the boot and I went yeah. for it and Norm pulled me from the course. I yeah. was pissed. I was angry. I was like, "Come on, dude!" I had thirty seconds. Was all I missed that cutoff by. And I'm yep. like, and my foot's in a boot. And he's like, there's no way you're getting to the other half of this course that way. You know, if it took you this long. And I'm like, let me go for it. And it took every ounce of me not to just tell Norm to shove it and keep going. You know, but that was the hardest thing I think I've ever had. That's the only time I've ever DNF'd a race was Hawaii when I got pulled from the course. And I'm like, it killed me. You know, I mean, it's, I don't know. If you saw my post, as soon as it happened, I posted on, on the Beast pay, on my own page and I said, I DNF the course, I'm fine, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I, I, oh, I remember that very well because 
I didn't message you that time. And I, of course, you know, just kind of left it alone at the time. But I, I just remember going, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Of course, I couldn't say anything. And it um, was one of those things for me. It was like, you know, and a couple of people, I had a couple of people tell me it was kind of rude that I said that. And I'm like, I wasn't trying to be no. rude. I was just trying to basically say, I wanted to let everyone know because I know people were following me on, you know, the athletes or whatever in the on that and following when I was finishing certain things and where I was at. And I just wanted to let them know if all of a sudden it showed that I stopped doing anything. Why? I'm like, I DNF'd. I don't want to talk about it. And I pretty much at that point, I took my phone and I threw it in my pack and I turned it off. I'm like, I'm done. I don't even want to talk to people. I don't want to talk about it. And I didn't want to race the next morning. I mean, it beat me that bad mentally that I was like, I'm not coming back tomorrow. I'm done. Yep. And it was Brandon who basically said, well, if you're not racing, I'm not racing. And I'm like, I... well, that's, that's a stupid answer. And he's like, well, so you've got to pretty much decide if you're going to, you know, make it so neither one of us race. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> Well, earlier in the year, um, I DNF'd the 12-hour in April. Yeah. And I DNF'd eight hours in. And, you know, I did it in the most honorable way I could. I had my sandbags. I got back. Cookie said, you're done. And I said, that's fine. I made you cut me. Mm -hmm. And then I slept in my car. I did the super. I did not do the hurricane heat as planned. I went home, and I couldn't warm up. I looked at my husband and said, I'm not doing the sprint. He said, what? I said, no, I'm not doing this sprint. I'm done. Like, I have no care. I just, I don't, I don't want to do this. I really don't. Yeah. He said, well, the kids are doing their trifecta and that was one that Elliot was running for a friend, Julia. And he's like, you have to go. And I said, I really don't. Cause you know, you can do this with them <laughs> and that'd be the work. Yeah. So, um, it, it's tough. It takes a lot. I mean, I think you're a lot like me in that you go into a race full hearted. I mean, full, full hearted. Yeah. I mean, you go into it. With the full idea, I'm going to finish this, no matter what. You know, I mean, it showed in Montana when you went in, you know, on the crutches and you did it anyway. You know, Hawaii when I tried to do it in the boot, but I didn't. But then I came back the next day and did the super in the boot. You know, it's, yeah. we go into a race, we go into it to finish, you know. My marathon last year, my nine and a half hour long marathon. But I kept going, even when both of my partners, you know, had had enough and they were like, I, I can't do this. You know, and I just kind of kept going because that's what I do. You know, I'm just that guy. So I just kind of keep going. And you're well, a lot like that. The star course was really interesting because I went in because no one no one really said I couldn't do it. Um, and I had been training. Um, so I, I finished up official PT earlier in the year. And then I started doing uh, sports conditioning with engineered sports. Mm-hmm. Um, some people I did PT through, and they, they kind of get me. They kind of get them crazy, and they're okay with this, but they're really good. And so a couple of days prior to the event, um, I told uh, one of the coaches, a massage therapist that I've been working with, and I told another one of the coaches, and they're like, oh, so this is in like a month, right? And I said, this is in two days. And, <laughs> of course, they started laughing. They're like, you're, you're serious, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I really am. They obviously don't know uh, you very well. <laughs> So I did eventually complain with them about all the um, crap I did with that they didn't know about. Um, and they started following me and Kimberly on Instagram. So I was like, well, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. You're going to know what I did. Uh, but we were getting close to the finish of the Star Force. And I, as like I said, you know, Ron was kind of diagnosing me, making me you know, not do anything stupid. And 
one of the guys in our group said, I want to take your weight. And I was like, uh, not just no, but uh, uh-uh. no, there's no way You're, I'm finishing without my weight. You can't do this to me. I'm not going to finish without honor. I'm going to finish this the correct way. And about two miles later, he ran out of water and I gave him my water bottle and he said, I want your weight. And I finally caved. I mean, he was already carrying 20 pounds. I, he was either 10 or 20 at that point. And I, I felt like a piece of crap. But he looked at me and he said, look, we're finishing this as a team. It didn't say that we couldn't help team members. You're giving me water. I'm taking your weight. Let's go. Which, I mean, he's got a valid point. I mean, unless there's something in the rules that says you have to carry your specific weight. He did. Um, but to be perfectly honest, it was pride at that point. Yeah. You know, I wanted to finish that course the right way. Yeah. I was not going to accept not finishing the way it should have been done. Period. Yeah. Um, so... You know, he took it, and we hit our 50, and we checked in. And the next thing I remember is we got our patch, we have our picture done, and then I, one of the cadre helped me, like, find a seat. And I end up sitting right beside the guy with the 24-hour patch. And he looks at me, and he's like, I'm really glad you finished. He's like, I'm really proud of you. I'm like, I've never met you, but okay. That's kind of cool. Just kind of for a few minutes. Um, but what kind of... What I wasn't expecting was what happened after. So, you know, I got home. I basically ate as much as I could, and then I passed out. Yeah. And the next day was Boeing Family Day, and my girls, you know, I still have to switch to mom mode, honestly. My girls want to go to Boeing, and they want to see what I do. So I throw flip-flops and limp around Boeing for about three hours. And during that, you know, I'm kind of just limping around. I'm okay. And then two days later, I get hit with guilt. And I start to see numbers come in of how many people finished and how many people started. Yeah. Eight people started and 43 finished. And I'm looking around and I'm looking at the names who finished and a couple of the friends I had who trained for this did not finish. Yeah. And I couldn't understand it. I I literally broke down in tears one day. I'm like, why? 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 What happened? Why? what, what, What made me do it? And then on top of that, I looked... And of the 43 that finished, there were only five women. And once again, I'm like, this is insane. This this is nuts. I, I don't get it. And so I reached out to team members. I mean, I reached out to Adam. I reached out to Janelle. Um, and I asked questions because I knew they had been through the 24-hour, and I knew that both of them had had some, honestly, like life-changing experiences. And I started asking, like, why, do I, why am I guilty? Why do I feel guilty? Why do I feel like I shouldn't have finished? What's up? And they both kind of just gave me the same advice of there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen to you over the next few weeks that you need to be okay with. And you need to just let it happen. You need to jot it down and then take it for what it is, learn from it, and move on. Yeah. And I did. I started writing down you know, some of the posts just saying, you know, I, uh, I have pride in myself and I have pride in finishing the right way and I don't like relying on people. And I didn't like being vulnerable, and yet I was. And I started getting messages from people saying, from like people that are I'm friends with on Facebook, but I probably don't talk too much. Saying, you know, when you were when you went live a few times on that course, we were all behind you, hoping you'd finish. And you know, we were like looking at you, going, "If you can do this, then I can get my butt off the couch and do something, or I can do this." And I'm like, I never even knew people even cared. Oh yeah. 
I didn't like post those videos or go live to, I don't know why I did it at the time. I just remember like I wanted to kind of document what had been going on because some people knew I was doing this. Yeah. And I think part of the reason too, is you do stuff like that. It's, it's to get it out of your brain. I mean, you go live like that and you get out of your own head of, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. You start talking and it reminds you that you are. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think going live a couple of times definitely helped with that. Um, but the response I got later was mind blowing. I mean, people saying that, you know, getting messages saying how proud of you, you know, like you know, even you, I mean, I, I miss, you were one of the first people I messaged after I got patched. I, it was you and like three other people I messaged very quickly and said, and just, I'm like, I'm done. I have no words. I'm just done. Yeah. And the outpouring of, holy crap you did it mm-hmm. and it, it just it floored me it honest honestly floored me and that hit me over the next few weeks it's just oh my gosh like people paid attention people actually cared and it was really really weird it was i mean i don't know if you you see it as much as like i do and i think part of how i see it is because i've been there for a lot of your spartan travel i mean i was there on your first spartan event <laughs> and <Yep. laughs> God, that was bad. Yeah, to see where you've come from that point, from, I remember, I'm pretty sure I met you in the parking lot before it even started. And yeah, that's when we met. Because <laughs> I remember inter- trying to find people. Yeah, you introduced yourself, and you're like, this is my first Spartan event, and I'm looking at you like, are you crazy? You're starting with a hurricane heat? You know? Yeah. And then it just kind of went from there. I mean, you know, you did that, and I've watched you, you know, grow. I watched you do, you know, Montana in a, you know on crutches and there were so many people like that's crazy why would she even do that and i'm like i don't know but it's amazing that she is i mean she's going for it you know and you just you have that this mentality that is so amazing and so inspiring of go ahead and throw whatever you want at me i'm gonna do it anyway you know you've had so many issues with your your ankle and everything else and you know i know after the the go ruck you had major issues with your legs swallowing yeah. and doing weird stuff and I mean it's you push yourself through so many things and I mean you know a year ago when you you know came to me and basically told me that you know you you found out you'd been diagnosed as autistic and I'm like it doesn't change who you are you're still you're still you're, right. you're, you're still amazing you're still so good at what you do and just so stubborn <laughs> and it's awesome I, I love who you are stubborn is a, is a word I've heard a few times since then yeah um, and just it floors me that like you or other people would have this opinion on me because I, I live in a world right now of like a lot of us do, but we, we're involved in our families. You know, I've I'm an engineer at Boeing. Um, I train twice a day, three days a week. I've got three kids, and they're all now in school, which is just blowing my mind that I have a kindergartner and a um, sixth grader and fourth grader. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've got a Girl Scout troop, and I'm I'm just I'm always in that mode. And then all of a sudden, I, I just kind of jokingly say, I'm like, I'm just a weekend warrior. You know, it's not anything big. It's just, I'm kind of crazy. Um, but what happened probably about a month prior to the GoRuck event, um, and I don't know if any of the, one of the coaches will even listen to this. I was in training with them one day, and I mentally kind of lost it. And I kind of, I felt like I lashed out. Yeah. And so I immediately that night sent both of them an apology. I said, I'm both of you guys. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted that way. I really hope you understand. Um, 
the injury was bugging me. You know, things were just happening. I was not okay. I'm sorry. And they both messaged me back and they said, no, you're fine. Like you're pushing yourself to a limit that a lot of people are not. We'll get through it. We're working with you. We've got your back. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even after I came in, here's the other thing that happened. It was right after Go Rock, yeah, I was swollen. And I was so I was easily swollen for a week. But, you know, I did, we finished, we indexed at, so we did the 20, 50 miles in tw- is 19 hours, 56 minutes. And that was Saturday. Yep. I was back in PT conditioning stuff on Monday. I was doing recovery work. I was moving on Monday. And all my coworkers like, how are you even barely moving? Like, I'd be in bed. Yeah. But my mentality was I had to get back. I had to rehab. I had to move. I had to do something. Well, I mean, that's... For someone who's done stuff, like, as much as you have and as much as I have, the one thing I have learned, the worst thing to do after a beast or a sprint or any race is to sit on the couch. Right. It is. The best thing to do is get up and move. I mean, it's like I did the beast on Saturday, and then Sunday, I think on my Fitbit, I had 20,000 steps because I was right. doing street team. You know, I yep. didn't do the sprint, but I did the street I did street team, and I was on my feet the whole day, and I was moving around, and you feel so much better. You know, that's why it's great. Like, I keep telling people that the two-day events, the two-day weekends are amazing because you usually have the long race first, and then suddenly right. you, you do a sprint, and that's your recovery race. It really is. And it, it helps so much. I felt like the years in Montana where I haven't gotten injured and I've been able to do the sprint the day after, I feel so much better on Monday. Oh, yeah. Because you know? when I did the 13-hour the day, me and Stevie got up the next morning and did the sprint. And everyone's yep. looking at us going, what are you even thinking? You spent 13 hours on that mountain yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, active recovery. Isn't that what we always say on the Montana sprint? Yeah. It's like active I- recovery. But then the last two years, I've been injured on the beast. I've injured myself bad enough on the beast that I couldn't run the next day. So, right. I will say this. There was one piece of advice during that week when I was trying to get back up and just keep going. Um, Janelle on the PT side of her, I was talking to her, and she said, you've got to take time off, though. She's like, yeah, you want to move. You want to train because, you know, I immediately, I, I finished one event, and I immediately just said, I've got the ultra coming up. I've got to get back into it. Yeah. And right. I mean, I took Friday through Sunday off. I took three days and just literally did nothing. Well, and there's... And I, I let my body heal. You know, and there, there's a difference, though, between active recovery and training. Yeah. You know... I mean, I honestly tried to somewhat start running by, like, Thursday that week. Yeah. I mean, I was literally back into it. Yeah, I mean, active recovery is, you know, I mean, we... I'm not that quick anyway, but I think... The one year that I did the sprint after the beast in Montana, it took me almost six hours because I was so beat up from the day before and I just took a nice leisurely pace and walked. And that's kind of what you got to do on those active recoveries. It's active, but you're not training. You're, you're just moving and keeping blood flow to those those muscles. So, um, But I guess the mistake I made was I, I didn't really do that. Yeah. Um, I did go see a sports massage therapist um, right before this event, too. I had started to see a sports chiropractor who had fun with me the week after that because he was in, he was amazed I had done it. And he's like, all right, now let's start to rehab again. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that was kind of the biggest thing was just to be able to go back and have people that would call my bluff on this and say, you know, like Janelle and Adam and, you know, the guys that injured sports and my sports career, they all just said, you're BSing this and you have to rest. Yeah. And we're going to do it. And, you know, I respect them a lot. Um, yeah, I can honestly also say that I'm no longer hiding what I'm doing. That's good. Um, they finally really, because they, I know they're looking out for my best interest and I'm not in that PT side anymore. I do tell them, like, hey, I have, you know, as of today, I have 44 days until the ultra. Yeah. And we talk about what it's going to take, what the endurance is going to take, um, and what some of the other methods I can use to get my body ready, you know, sports massage, cupping, scraping, all that stuff. None of that sounds fun. Um, (laughs) I am a hot mess right now. I am bruised from cupping. I just had cupping on my left IT band, hamstring, and yeah. Yeah, the, the sports massage sounds okay, but the rest of that, I'm like, yeah, that, that, that doesn't sound fun. A sports massage is actually, um, it's pretty painful normally for me because it's breaking up stuff on my left side that was just never addressed. Yeah. My right side was always addressed, and I'm, I'm learning that I have some imbalances, and I'm in the best position um, that I could ever be, and I'm probably more confident now, I think, after this. But I think the 50 miles, you know, it, it literally, they, they say, like, the people who did the 24-hour HH, they'll tell you it changed them. Yeah. No, and I believe you know, it. You know, anybody who's done a hurricane heat, I mean, even a hurricane it, heat will change you. Yeah. It makes you rethink your life. It makes you rethink parts of what you're doing. Um, you know, like Ding always says, he's like, I'm going to trust your training. I'm going to test your ability to keep going and your will to keep going. And he does. And he does. And in this event, you know, they, they say that, you know, you do so many things for a reason. I think maybe I needed this. I needed that reset. I needed that, you know, oh, I thought, you know, Kimberly was bad. I could always do something worse. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's very hard to explain. Um, I, and I saw you at the West Coast Obstacles thing uh, training a couple weeks ago. And even then, it was still really raw. You know, driving past the Air and Space Museum and remembering laying on the ground at the Aerospace Museum going, how am I going to keep going? It's still there. And I don't think it's really going to go away. And honestly, I kind of don't want it to because I want those memories to be there to remind me. I want to be reminded of what I went through, not just through the pictures and not just through, you know, the every time I think now I get a hug from Ron and Jenny, I'm going to remember that. Not from the patch, but looking back at the places that we walked. Yeah. And saying, I've rocked that. I've been there. Um, I've been half asleep walking that. I, I I know what you mean. I mean, I did, when I did the marathon, Yeah. afterwards, there's multiple times I've been in Seattle, and I go into Seattle all the time because I'm a, I'm a safety specialist, and I drive to job sites in Seattle all the time, and all of a sudden they turn down a road, and it sounds bad, but I'll get flashbacks yeah. of oh my God, this is one of the roads from the race. And, you know, I I get flashbacks of doing that, you know, being out there for nine hours and all the nightmare that that I put myself through, but I did it anyway. Right. You know, and I would never, I wouldn't take that away from nothing. That experience was, it was horrible, but in a good way. It was horrible in the fact that it woke me up and reminded me of what I can do when I put my mind to it, you know. 
that when I put my mind to it, I can do basically a full marathon and just go. Yeah. You know? And that was kind of like you did. You put your mind to it and you said, you know, I'm going to do a 50-mile ruck. And you did. And it was more the, I'm going to do 50-mile ruck, technically no training, and with the gear I have at home, some advice from my husband who was former military, and just hope I can make this work. And, and that was literally my premise going into it. Now I look back, and within a week of finishing that course, they posted the 2019 dates, and I said, I'm so in because I'm going to train for it this time. Yeah. But the thing that I think you showed that is one of the things I love about you is your mental fortitude to just go. Um, you talked about there was people with you that trained specifically yeah. for this for months, you know, maybe even longer. And, and we in the dark and, and the night hikes and stuff like that that I didn't. And they trained for all of this, and they bowed out. Yeah. Because they couldn't, because there's a point, and, you know, I really get to understand this from doing the marathon, you know, and I'd heard about it, but never really experienced it until I did the marathon. There's a point where there's a mental wall, where you hit that mental wall and you can do one of two things. You either go through it and just go, or you let the mental wall knock you down and you stop. And that's where those people hit. They hit that mental wall and they're like, yep, nope, I can't do this. Where you were like, you hit the mental wall and you just blew right through it and kept going. And that's where I think, you know, I mean, the finishers of those events and the non-finishers, a lot of times it's not about the physicality of it. It's about the mentality. It's about the, can I keep going? You know, your body's saying, you know, my body quit at like mile 10 of that marathon. Yeah. <laughs> My body was like, you're an idiot. We need to stop. And my brain's like, yeah, okay, you can have that opinion, but we're going to keep going. And that's... The last thing, too, I mean, I found this out. I'm talking a lot about Ron and Jenny and Janelle and these guys. The other thing that was actually going on, too, was I had messaged my husband and told him I was done. And then I found out, maybe a couple hours later, that he showed my video in Renton to my kids. And they were sending me messages of, go mommy, you know, you can do this. And I cried. I, I just openly bawled. I, I could not believe what was happening. I could not believe that my husband had shown the kids that video and that my eight-year-old was starting to understand that mom has limits and mom's pretty freaking close to losing it and not being okay. And then having the text from him every now and then checking in on me saying, are you okay? You know, I know you were doing it and Ron was doing it and just having him too because, you know, he doesn't race. He doesn't do these things. He was in the military for years. He has no want to do this again. Yeah. Um, he thinks I'm beyond insane. <laughs> but um, he supports you. That's a sign of a good husband. Um, and that was one of those game changers for me. It was like, all right, I can't give up because now I've got not only my teammates rooting for me, I've got kids at home that are watching this and I can't do it now because well because they're there they're watching they know yeah um and I came home that night and you know they were with me and they understood that I needed to get a shower and then lay in bed and do nothing for about six hours and they were fine with but I I'm in the end I guess you'd say I went into you know injured sports the next week told them that I finished and every single one of those guys was just fist bumps, like, oh my gosh, you're just crazy enough to have actually done this. Wow. Yeah. And 
and the support that I got afterwards was just amazing. And, and hearing that people, like I said, people actually paid attention. Um, some people from Warrior State of Mind that I'd only met maybe like three times in person were messaging me later going, I'm so damn proud of you. Like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't compute this yet, but okay. It's amazing that when you see all the people that are behind you and supporting you, it's like when I finished the marathon, you know, I had my phone with me, but I wasn't looking that close. Every once in a while, I'd take a picture of me and Dawn or me and Emily and whatever and say, hey, look, here we are now. And then once Dawn was checked out, I kind of checked out and stopped, you know, checking my phone. I just stuck it in my pocket and kept going. And it was one of those things like when I finished and I grabbed my phone, I think I had... 60 messages, you know, and Facebook posts of people going, congrats, great job, keep going. And it was just like, where did all this come from? You know, where did all this come from? You know, and Don took a video because when he bowed out, he bowed out, but he stayed. He didn't, he didn't leave the event. He just got, you know, stopped one of the volunteers and said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And they gave him a ride back to the finish line. And he sat there at the finish line and waited for me. You know, I took a video of me when I was finishing. He's like, cool, I'm not going to finish, but I'm going to be there when you do. And and I think that was one of the coolest things is just you don't realize sometimes the support that you have until you do something crazy like that. Yeah. And I then, mean, in, yeah. we even had uh, Team Old Dog. They had support. You know, they were driving and meeting us at checkpoint and bringing the water and all the stuff. And they adopted me within like five minutes. And I mean, it was, I, I was amazed that anybody who, like, I literally just met them. They were there, they had extra stuff, and they're like, we're going to take care of you, like, we're going to take care of the guys, let's go. Yeah. And just to this day, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever honestly forget it, and it's like you said, I don't think I want to, um, but it was funny because I think it was about a week ago, I was talking to one of the coaches at Injured Sports, and we were talking about getting ready for the Dallas Ultra. And I said, but this is only 30 miles. And I said, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just said only 30 miles. Yeah. What is wrong with me? And they just start laughing. They're like, yeah, what is wrong with you? A lot. I'm like, well, I just did 50, so 30 can't be that bad, right? I'm like, yeah. it's Spartan. It can be really bad, but I don't know if it can. We'll see. So you'll, you'll do great. I'm I'm hoping so. Um, you know, As of today, I, I've got a countdown on my phone right now. It's 44 days until the Dallas Ultra. Um, I'm going down there with Brandon and Jody and a few others, and I know there's a few people that are going to do the ultra there, and I know Kim Collins will be there. I don't really know what I'm getting into, like everything else. I know what I've read, what I've researched. I know it's not a Johnny course from Kimberly, so I have a chance of finishing it. Yeah. You got more than a chance. You're going to definitely do this. I think you're going to do great. I mean, that's you've got that mentality. I mean, unless for some reason something happen, insane happens on that course and you miss a cut, you, you'll finish yeah. it. No problem. And, and you know, that's kind of what's kind of driving the training right now for me is trying to get build runs back up and trying just to, you know, like I said, possibly attempt the marathon in a three. Yeah. I mean, if I can do a marathon in nine hours, you should be able to do one in like at least five. I was going to say six. Yeah. Six, I'm going eight. with five. I'm going to look. I might. I know the marathon coming up in Snohomish. It's the Snohomish River Run. And I think it's the day after my youngest turns six. Nice. So that would have to be very calculated with birthday parties. Um, but it, I've got another couple of days to really figure out if I want to do it. But 
the guy didn't me said it'd be a great idea. They're like, we think you're stupid for running that far, but yeah, it'd be a good idea. Yeah. So. I mean, it would be, especially if you're planning on doing, you know, an ultra. Yeah. Might as well try, you know, a marathon first. I mean, the only thing I would say that was probably the hardest part for me on that marathon was the fact that it was uh, so much of it was on uh, asphalt. Yeah. I was going to say boring because it's not true running. It's just yeah. road. And it does get boring. I mean, there's not a whole lot to look at. You're like, ooh, look, another building. Ooh, look, another building. Yeah. This is not Homer, so it's flat and... Oh, there's a river. Oh, yep, there's the river. Yep, there's the river. Yep, there's the, the river's still there. <laughs> yep, and it's, yep, it's still there. Um, I did the half marathon course on this a couple of years ago, so I, I kind of know where it is. Is it so, an out and back? Um, I think it is. No. Nah. So back. it's one of those, yeah, there's the river, there's the river. Hey, look, the river's on the other side of the road now. <laughs> yep. And I think from the half marathon I did, because I did it in preparation for like the September Beast, and I was flipping off every mile marker. Taking pictures of it because it was just therapy. It's fun. Yeah, I've gotten in the habit now. I kick them. Okay. I kick the mile markers now. So kind of like the Spartan, like this is Sparta kick, and I kick them all. So that's my new thing. Oh. Oh. I just flip it off and move on my life. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know Christina always did suck it. Yep. She was telling the second. He taught me that too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this has been fun. I always love having chats with you. Um, but we're, we're almost an hour and a half in. Yeah, I know. It's nine o'clock and honestly, I'm getting up at two in the morning for one more training session this week. So I thought I was bad getting up at five so I can go swim laps. So I train from three to five every day. Yeah, this is my, my new training. I've been trying to run and finally my brain is like cotton on to the fact that until I lose some weight and build up some more muscle, I'm not going to be able to run with this my foot the way it is. So it's like, hmm, maybe we should try a different cardio. Like, hey, I don't know, maybe swim. So, yep. I mean, yeah. we've got one of the biggest y, you know, YMCA's is less than half a mile from my house. So No excuses, right? Nope, no excuses. So I have joined the YMCA and we are, me and Amber are going to go there tomorrow morning at 5 in the morning so I can swim laps before I go to work. Nice. So... If you ever end up doing that half try, let me know. I'm doing in June. I'm doing the Lake Wilderness Triathlon, so it's a it's the sprint. Unless I actually, if I can keep swimming laps and get to a point that I feel comfortable that I can swim far enough to do more than a, a, a sprint one, then I might go up and do you know something a little more. But I'm gonna start swimming and doing laps. And like I said, swimming's the the hardest one for me. I can swim really strong for like 20 feet. And yeah. then I sink like a rock and drowned. So, <laughs> I need to get... I'm going to you after this to uh, talk about the sprint try because I know you talked about it on our previous podcast and, yeah. I pretty much decided I'm doing the one at Lake Wilderness in June. Partly because I grew up in Maple Valley and that's where it is in Lake Wilderness. And if I'm going to do one, I want to do it there. So, I'm going to do that one in June and... Like I said, it really depends on how my swimming goes because I figure the running and the biking, I'm okay with. I can do that. We know I can do it. I've done a full marathon. I used to, it's been years, but I'm sure a little bit of training, I can get back into it. I used to mountain bike every weekend. I would go up to, you know, Snoqualmie Pass and use the the chairlifts to go mountain biking up in the mountains up there, like real mountain biking. So... 
the biking shouldn't be much of a, you know, it'll take some, get those muscles working again, but if I can get the swim down, then I should be able to get the other two down easily, so. Yeah, well, we'll be talking in the future. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, if you're still listening at this point, if you have any questions about the stuff that Elliot working on, that I'm slacking on, please reach out. I will send you, Mike, the link to that page. Okay. And, you know, we can kind of get it out. And let's just kind of go from there. And I appreciate you guys wanting to talk about the Star Course. As I said, was, um, I can honestly say I think it was life-changing. I, I kind of got that. And that was one of the things, reasons why I wanted to talk about it. And I didn't want it to go too much longer than than now. Yeah. Because I really wanted to... I wanted to, to hear from you and hear the emotion. And, I mean, it, it's something... It's an amazing feat. I mean, you know, it's amazing. So... And I appreciate the comments and things like that. You know, cause as I said before, it's I didn't see it, and it's taken a long time for me to understand it. So yeah, that you're that you're special. Oh, uh, we we know I'm a special kind of something. Well, yeah, that too. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, it's, good to talk to you. it's been great talking to you. You get some rest and take it easy. Yep. You All too. Right. All right. See. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.